Shkalem, Perik Vav, Mishnah Gimel, 6-3. Since the Perik wants to enumerate the 13 different shofaros, the chests that were set aside for different purposes in the base of Mikdash, we started out by listing two other 13s that appeared in the base of Mikdash, namely 13 prostrations, Hishtachavayos, that occurred as one went around the base of Mikdash upon his entry there, and as well as we'll see later on, 13 tables. So our mission here will list out the places where one does his 13 prostrations. Now, again, when we say prostration, hishtachavaya, we mean all the way down. Your feet, your knees, your waist, your face are all touching the ground. Your arms are stretched out also above your head with palms on the ground. So it's a full prostration. That would happen 13 times as one walked around the base of Mikdash by entry. He'd come in and then turn to the right and then go around the entire complex on the Har Habayis there. And our Mishnah, according to our Tana here, these 13 Hishtachavayos, these prostrations, were at opposite the 13 gates, which led onto the Azara. The Azara is the, the inner courtyard. That's 187 by 135 almost, um, further west than the Ezra Snashim. And according to the Tana, it had, it had 13 um, gates. And as one passed each of those gates, he kind of got a glimpse inside of the Azara, potentially, and therefore he would um, prostrate fully there. So where were these 13 gates, and therefore the 13 stations for prostration? Says the Mishnah. And where did they prostrate themselves? There are four places in the southern side. Excuse me. Four in the northern side. Excuse me. Va'arba b'darom and four on the southern side. Shalosh b'mizrach, three on the eastern side. Ushtayim b'marav and two on the western side of the Azara. Kneged shlosha sar sharim, and they were opposite the thirteen gates into which one could potentially access the Azara. So we're going to list them all now. First of all, sharim dromim smuchim lemarav. We'll start now with the four southern gates, and we'll start with the ones that are the most West, so the southwest gates, most southwest, most western gate on the southern side, and then we'll move eastward from there along the south. The first one's called Shar Ha'elyon, the upper gate, and it was called the upper gate because it was, topographically speaking, the highest gate. The Harbai slopes downwards from there, and the highest part of the city, that northwest corner, so it's called the upper gate, Shar Elyon, and it's not clear exactly what it was used for. The second is Shar Hadelik, the fuel gate, and it was through that gate that the wood was brought to set up the pyres, the maracha, on the mizbeach, on the altar. Then the third, moving further to the east, was Shar HaBachoros, the gate for the firstborns. This is a reference to firstborn animals. And actually, this was the gate through which all of the animals that were brought as karbanos, Offerings that were kachim kalim of lesser sanctity were brought. Um, there are actually five categories of kachim kalim, um, including shlamim, toda, meiser, pesach, and the bechor. Now, the bechor, while not particularly special compared to the other ones, um, is the one from whom its name is derived, this gate, because the other gate in the north, we'll see there's another gate for the kachim kachim, the more sanctified, of which there are three categories. Ola, Chatas, and Asham. When it comes to Ola, Chatas, and Asham, so either they're totally burned in the Mizbeach, or in the case of in the case of an Ola, or in the case of a Chatas and Asham, the Kohanim eat the whole thing. So it kind of seems like when it comes to Kachim, the Kohanim get everything, and Kachim Kalim, like 
the the Shlamim and the Toda and the Meiser and the Pesach, it's the Baalim which get most of the meat. But when it comes to the Bukhor, kind of like Kachay Kachim, it all goes to the Kohen. The Bukhor is a gift to the Kohen. It's brought as a Korban, but the Kohanim eat the Bukhor meat. And therefore, this was called Shar Bukhor. To let you know that although the Bukhor is Kachim Kalim and coming in here from the southern side, um, it all goes to the Kohen. But don't think it's Kachay Kachim to do it on the northern side. Now, the reason why this is set up like this is because Kachay Kachim, the Olachatis Ashim, must be, uh, I'll call it process for a minute, in the northern side of the Azara. Um, when I say process, I mean the Shechita, the Kabbalah, the Halacha, all that comes, the essential blood activities of the Korban, of Kachay Kachim, must be done in the northern part of the Azara, and therefore that will be the access point from the northern side, whereas Kachim Kalim, like a Bechor, as well as the other four I listed, all can be done anywhere in the Azara, even the southern side, therefore, sort of for efficiency and traffic control, we have the Kachim Kalim coming in through the southern side, through a gate, which we're calling here, the Sha'ar HaBuchoros. And finally, Sha'ar HaMayim, the water gate. And the Mishnah says, V'lam anikra shmo Sha'ar HaMayim, why was it called the water gate? Shabo machnisen sloche shamayim shal it was through this gate that on the seven days of Sukkot, referred to in the mission here as the Chag, um, that golden pitcher of water was brought with the water from the Shiluach that was then used for the Nisuch HaMayim, the water libation, the special activity, they would draw the water in great rejoicing and have the Simchas Beis Shoeva celebrations every evening of Sukkot um, in response to that. So the water was drawn and brought through um, that gate, with a good deal of fanfare, as we enumerate in Masechus Sukkah, with the shofar belongings and so. So, in any case, the water came through there, and that's what's called the Shar HaMayim, the water gate. And the reason why the Mishnah has to speak this one out as opposed to the other ones is because, since it's only a once-year event, people perhaps are less familiar. Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov Omer, Bo HaMayim Mefakim Vasidim Leos Yotzim Metachas Miftan Habayas. Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov has a different reason why it's called the water gate. He understands it's a reference to the prophecy of Yechezkel, um, Ezekiel Hanavi, who says in Perak Memzain in chapter 47, he talks about how water will emerge, like a tiny little rivulet, uh, like a, a water source will emerge from the Kaddish HaKadoshim. It'll be tiny, um, the width of the antenna of a, of a grasshopper, super tiny, and come out through from the Hechel, and it'll expand and expand. And when it leaves the Azara through this water gate, it'll already be the width of a like a, a flowing from a pach. A pach is like a small small container, like the pachim katanim from Yaakov, uh, etc. Um, Hanukkah, I think, and so on and so forth. So a pach is a small and kind of like the same way in English you can have the noun, a decanter, and you can have the verb to decant. So also you can have the noun here, a pach, a small jar, a small cruise, a flask, um, and we have a verb here, mifakim, that like pours out in that kind of quantity. So the point of, if, according to Rabbi Leza ben Yaakov, is the water is emerging, um, according to Nevuah, and will emerge, Be'ez Hashem, from the base of Mikdash, uh, and it will go through that gate. So that's why it's called that. The translation of the words, if I do it, is, bo hamayim mifakim, it's through that gate the water will, you know, will flow. Vasidim liyos yotzim mitachas miftan habayis, and it will um, in the future go out through like the threshold of the of the base of mikdash. Um, the Gra learns, by the way, that since it's present tense in the Mishnah here, bo ma'im it's coming out now that there really was a small flow 
in the time of the Mikdash, according to the Gra, in the future, the large flow will continue out. Okay. Le'umasan, says the Mishnah, opposite them, meaning on the other side. Now, on the northern side, we had also, Betzafon in the north, Tzmuchim Lamarev. We had four gates also, parallel with four gates of the south. And now we're going to again start from the west side. So from the northwest, we'll have, I'm moving eastward, we'll have four more gates. The first is Sha'ar Yechonia. This is a reference to Yechonia, which is who is Yechoyachin. It's the, he's the, one of the last kings of Yehuda who was exiled by Nebuchadnezzar at the very end of Bais Rishon, and his um, final exit from the temple complex was through that gate, and therefore that northwest gate uh, got his named after him. Next you have, moving further to the east, you have Shar Korban, the sacrificial offering gate. This is the gate through which the Kadshe Kachim went through, the Chatas, the Asham, and the Ola came through those gates because it's the northern side. Next you have Shar Nashim, the women's gate, um, it was through here that women would come. Now, according to Biosi, there's a well. There's a mitzvah called there's a mitzvah to do smicha to rest one's hands and push one's weight down on an animal, a zevach prior to bring it as a as an offering. That's not a mitzvah for women. However, according to Biosi, it's a rishus. Women could do it if they so choose. So, according to Biosi, women who come in to do smicha on their korbanos will come to that gate. So, although there is an area to the east of the Azara, called the Ezra's Nashim, like where the Simchas Pesachueva happened, those four Lishkos, the big menorahs, all that kind of story over there. Um, even though it was called the Ezra's Nashim, it wasn't reserved just for women. This gate was sort of more for women to gain access specifically, so this is really more like an Ezra's Nashim, if you will, um, specifically for women to come in to access their Karbanas. According to Yehuda, women never did smicha, and therefore the point here is they would come into this gate um, to be present without doing smicha, but to be present as their korban is being offered. And finally, um, the fourth gate there on the northern side, moving you know further to the east, is the Sha'ar Hashir, the, um, I guess, literally the gate of song, but it's a reference to the instruments that would come through there. Um, either it's referring to that there were Kohanim who would stand in the... Uh, in the northern part of the Azara, like kind of north of the Mizbeach, and um, they would blow trumpets during the Nisach Hayayin, during the wine libations. So they would come through there. Um, another, the reason why we're going that direction, not saying it's for the musical instruments in general, is because um, in Misachas Midos we learned that there was a storage facility for the instruments that the Levium played, um, which was kind of on either side of the Sharnikon, or but on the sides of the steps there, in the Ezra's Nashim. So we wouldn't, we don't bring the musical instruments every day in and out. We store them in the Ezra's Nashim, but perhaps also they were brought, whenever they had to be brought in or out, they would come through this gate as well, perhaps. Okay. So that's the eight on the four and on the, we have four in the south, four in the north, for a total of eight. Um, here the Mishnah says, V'lam anikra shmo shar going back to Yechonia's gate, why was it called Yechonia's Gate? Shabo Yatsi Yechonia Bugaluso. That's because Yechonia extra through that gate, as I explained. Now, we said there were three on the east. The east is like I'll call it the primary access point, where people are coming from the Ezusnashim into the Azara. So there you have Shar Nikanor, the primary big golden gate, Nikanor's Gate, it was called. Ushnei Pishpishin Hayulo, and it had two like lesser minor gates, Echad Biminov Echad Basmolo, one on the right and one on the left of Shar Nikanor. Now, According to the Rambam, these pishpishin, these small doors, access doors, were built right into the very large Sharnikonor. So if you didn't want to open the gigantic, very heavy Sharnikonor door, you had a small 
door through which you could walk on the right and left. Um, according to others, there actually were two separate gates flanking on the right and left, so you had three separate distinct gates um, coming in from the east. As far as the name Sharnikanor, that's named after a person. Uh, the most famous explanation is a Gemara in Yoma, the Flamarches, which talks about this person, Nicanor, who went to Egypt to buy doors for the base of Mikdash. He had two large metal doors. On his way back, they were coming up the Mediterranean, and a storm came, and they had to throw one of the two doors overboard, one of the, th- the two gates, I'll call it overboard, um, because the storm was too rough, and they were afraid they would capsize. Um, but it didn't help. So when they wanted to throw the second gate over, he said, throw me with it. I'm not, I'm not too attached to these doors. That's too much of a tragedy to see them go. And with that, Messiah's Nefesh, the storm subsided, and he wasn't thrown overboard. And when they arrived in port in Akko, in Neretz Israel, so they, they, uh, the door had miraculously, that had been thrown overboard, miraculously had been accompanying the ship and now made it to shore. And they had it. And that was Shar Nicanor, named after the person whose schus it was saved because of his mysterious nefesh. That's the Gemara there in, in Yoma, Lamed Ches. There is another different story, by the way. I think it's less well known. And that is, there's a Gemara in Tainus, Daf Yud Ches. And when they were talking about, there was this a Yavani, like a Greek general or whatever it was, a Greek um, who was in the time of like the pace and the Hanukkah story, let's call it, when there was during the the uh, oppression from the from the Hellenists, um, Syrian Hellenists, and so so um, this fellow Yuchun, uh, Nicanor, he was looking forward to the day of he could sort of sack and destroy Yerushalayim. Um, ultimately, like the Hanukkah story, we know the Jews had got the upper hand, and when they did, they captured and killed this fellow Nicanor. And they chopped off his head and hands and feet and stuck them by the gate there and the entranceway to the base of Mikdash. You can see why this is less popular for the children's stories. But in any case, his name was Nicanor, and Shar Nicanor is named after him, it would seem, according to the Gemara in Tainas Yerchazamad Base. Two different two different Nicanors. Okay. There you go. Um, so that's those are the three in the east. And now you also have um, two that were gates in the western side, meaning kind of like behind the Hegel, if you will, like close to what we now refer to as the Kotel. The Kotel was further west still, but the point is like you'd be access to where the Kotel, other side of the Kotel, if you will. So those, they were two access points, but they had no name. Because that's 13 gates around which they would, as they passed, when they did their circuit, they would do their full prostration. Now, this mission here goes according to the Tana, whose name is Abayosi ben Hanan, and who held there were 13 gates in the Azara. This is in direct conflict with the Sheet of the Chachamim, which is presented in Mesechas Midos, in the second parak, Mishnah Gimel. And there it says there were indeed 13 breaches, but not in the walls of the Azara. Rather, there was a an area 11 almost wide around the perimeter of the Azara, of the whole, and that was called... Um, the Chael, and then that was an area where already non-Jews weren't allowed to go. And at the end of the Chael, there was a big, like, wicker fence, if you will, um, called the Soreg, and the Soreg um, said no Gentiles beyond this point. Um, almost miraculously, the actual sign, written in Greek, which says exactly that, no Gentiles beyond this point, under pain of death, um, has actually been discovered. It was discovered in the 19th century, and it now sits in a museum in Istanbul, which is pretty amazing. In any case, so um, 
the Greeks during the like the forerunner of the Hanukkah story again were rather disgusted by this fence, and therefore they maliciously broke thirteen breaches in the Soreg. Okay, later on the Jews got the upper hand, they rebuilt the Soreg, but they were Masakin, they made a Takana, that's according to the Mishnah and Midos, that there'd be thirteen prostrations done as one passed the thirteen places in which the Soreg was breached in expressions of thanks for us getting the base of English back in Tahor again. So that's really in conflict, direct conflict with um, the sheets that are presented here in our Mishnah to Mechokas to nine.